Welcome back to In the Loop, a WordPress podcast by Blackbird Digital, where we're discussing what it means to be a design and development agency with people from all sides of the WordPress community. I'm Megan, and in this episode, Corey and I are joined by Ebony Butler, Lauren Pittenger, and Ryan Welcher. We talk about using WordPress in an agency setting, including common challenges, adjusting to Gutenberg, their favorite projects they've worked on, and career advice. If you have questions about WordPress website development, contributing, or anything else web-related that you'd like to hear us discuss on the show, you can send us an email to podcast at blackbird.digital, and you can find us on Twitter at intheloop underscore WP. So welcome to In The Loop. Uh, We're really excited today to be bringing a different format. We have a panel of guests today, so I'm going to give them a chance to introduce themselves since you'll be hearing new, fresh voices. So if everyone can just say your name, the title and company you work for, and how many WordPress shirts you own. Um, And we're going to start with uh, Ryan. Hi. Uh, my name is Ryan Welcher. I work for a company called TenUp. I'm a lead web engineer there, and I have some construction going on above me, so hopefully it's not too loud. As for the number of WordPress shirts I own, I, I don't know. Uh, something, thousands? <laughs> I have no idea. I have so many uh, and uh, swag shirts from conferences all over the place. I'm going to go 20. I'm going to say 20. Well, Lauren, do you want to go next? Sure, I'll go next. My name is Lauren Pittenger. I am a front-end engineer for a company called WebDev Studios, Um, and I think I have two WordPress shirts. One is from WordCamp Pittsburgh. The other is like the the We Can Do It WAPU Women in Tech shirt. (laughs) And last but not least, uh, Ebony. Hello, uh, my name is Ebony Butler. I am the lead developer at Yikes Inc. here in Philadelphia. Um, and in terms of WordPress shirts, uh, WordCamp probably own four WordCamp shirts, but the only one like WordPress shirt, and that's you know the powered by coffee one. That's my favorite one ever. <laughs> Uh, Megan, don't forget yourself. I want to hear how many shirts you have. So not thousands. Definitely not thousands. (laughs) Um, I probably have, I probably have 20 or so. I think that would be a a good estimate as well. And, and, and one of those is set aside reserved for me. Well, I'm not counting the ones I have for being an organizer. Because if I counted those, (laughs) I'd probably be double. (laughs) Ask me how many WordPress what, what, lanyards I have, because that I probably do have a thousand of those. That wasn't the question. That'll be for the next agency panel. <laughs> I have I have I have I have a big fat zero shirts because I have never been to an in-person WordPress event in my life. Hopefully that will change in the near future. Yes, this is our recruiting process. <laughs> okay, so Obviously, everyone here works at an agency. Maybe you have other experiences at other agencies. Um, But 
before we dive in, I just wanted to get an idea of the mix of projects that you all work on at your agencies. Like, is it 100% WordPress? Is it like a 50-50 with some other frameworks or CMSs? Um, and I'm just going to follow the same order here, Ryan and Lauren and Ebony. Cool. Um, I think depending on the project, the majority of our work is definitely WordPress, but we are doing a lot of um, sort of headless at the, at the moment. So the back end doesn't really matter so much as 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 much as it used to. Um, I know we've done stuff with Laravel. We've done stuff with Drupal. Um, some of it's really like uh, bespoke stuff. Um, so I would say like the majority of our work is still WordPress, but we're starting to uh, see that matter less and less as the uh, as sort of the front end and the back end become decoupled. So um, all of my work at Web Dev Studios has is WordPress. Um, some of the new projects are going headless, um, but I think all of our builds are on WordPress. Um, and then like the freelancing that I do is all in WordPress, so. Yeah, it's uh, pretty much the same for me at Yikes. I, we, we strictly use WordPress. We, we have, um, just from an older client who's been with us for a while, we have one, one like straight up PHP application that's everything is custom. Um, that I work on occasionally for updates, but yeah, everything is WordPress and we are uh, having more and more headless projects as well. So React has been important um, in just learning your way around the REST API as well. So yeah, mostly mostly WordPress over here as well. Awesome. So what we wanted to talk about a little today was with being primarily WordPress agencies or agencies that work a lot with WordPress, um, is there any type of process that you go through as a company or even as an individual to determine if you're going to use WordPress or if you're going to use headless WordPress or um, like, what does that process look like for ma making those decisions? And I'm going to start with Ebony this time and switch up this order. Well, uh, we are a super, super small agency, only like five devs, basically. So I, we're pretty, we're not as uh, far into headless as most other agencies are. Um, so we're slowly getting there. Um, we don't really have a process yet for determining whether we're gonna be headless or not. Um, honestly, I think it's more so whether one of, one of us decide to do it, like, hey, we're gonna do headless <laughs> because we're gonna improve our skill. And that's what kind of what we're, what the process has been. Like if I decide I wanna do headless uh, for a particular, not even like a whole website or a particular portion of the website. And that's what um, most of that comes to as well. Like say that there's a complex search and filtering investment type deal, which we have built via uh, headless WordPress, um, a whole, whole separate React application um, that taps into WordPress. We, we do that. And it's kind of, and I guess it's kind of the beauty of being at an agency that kind of, uh, have that freedom to do what you want, um, to code how you want, and to use various frameworks and experiment. Um, and of course, documenting so other people can do it as well, not just you. Um, but yeah, that's it. <laughs> cool. And actually, just um, if everyone wants to share uh, how large your agency is, I guess that would probably also be helpful for the viewers. 
Ebony, so you said it's a small company. How many do you have? Uh, you have total five. seven, but five devs. Well, Lauren, how big is WebDev? Um, I believe there's something like 45, 47 total, but I think on the engineering team, there's like 35 of us and the rest are like project management, um, design strategy. Cool. And then Ryan, how big is 10up? Oh, oh boy. We're, pre oh, we're over 200. Um, we might even, I, I couldn't tell you the number of devs. We have, we have, we, we, we have a large amount. Um, yeah, we're over 200 might even be 250 at this point. Wow. We're the, we're the <laughs> tiny little baby agency in this conversation. You, oh. You're speaking to two thirds of the, uh, <laughs> of the development uh, department today. <laughs> yeah, I did want to get a good balance of people working at different size agencies and just kind of see if that uh, changes things. Because, yeah, obviously, decision making processes are going to be way different at bigger agencies. Mm -hmm. um, so, Lauren, uh, is there a process that you all go through to determine if it's WordPress or is it just 100% WordPress? Yeah, and I wish I had a better answer for you for, about this. So I've been in my role for about three, three and a half months so far. And my experience has been that I don't take part <laughs> in that planning process. So there is a process. Um, I mean, I think sometimes our clients will like come to us and be like, we want a headless application. Um, but yeah, I'm not involved in that like planning process. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't have a better answer for you. Totally fine. <laughs> How about you, Ryan? I think it, at, at 10 up, it's we're kind of a, a bit of an, in the same boat as Lauren because we, like, we have an accounts team and all of that. And by the time I came into a project, it's already kind of been set what we've been, what we're doing. Uh, I think a lot of times people come to us with a WordPress site. Uh, a lot of our, our work is is uh, like rebranding, re, re redoing a site, for uh, for example. Um, so I think it depends. Sometimes we have clients come to us and say, we want to use this, this, and this. And we go, okay. Uh, so it really depends on, on the project. But um, I think our go-to is still WordPress, uh, whether it's headless or or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, so it's kind of, kind of all over the place, I guess. I'm wondering... Are there ever any circumstances where you've had to, let's say a client comes in with this preconceived idea that they're going to have a WordPress site, or maybe they already do have a WordPress site and they want to make some extensive changes. Are there ever times that you have to kind of steer people away from WordPress and steer them towards custom applications or other, other frameworks? Um, I don't think so. I mean, maybe in the case where they've come to us with something that's like, you know, they've, they've had a site for five years and it's got a ton of content and we're on a, like a bespoke system or something. So maybe it, you know, and, and their budget just won't allow them to, to migrate all that content and move everything over. Um, I don't, I've never been on a project where we said, no, WordPress is not the right fit for this. Um, sorry. <laughs> like knocking walls down up there apparently. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good question though. I think, I think if they're coming to us with a Drupal site, they don't ha have the budget to move it, then we'll stay with Drupal. I think that's a similar case as well. Um, if you don't have the budget to move it to WordPress, then we'll probably either not take the job or keep you where you are. Um, 
but WordPress is just so flexible where I can't think of any reason besides a financial reason um, to not move someone over to WordPress. Yeah, I feel like there have been times where I've thought like maybe WordPress isn't the best option, but I'm not remembering the details of that, but mostly like if someone comes to us with like what everyone else said, (laughs) we'll stick with what they have. So are there any common challenges or um, maybe common issues that you run into that you find yourself solving over and over um, when you're working with WordPress for clients? I think for us, because a lot of our, a lot of our clients are publishers coming out with a custom, a custom uh, sort of uh, publication flow outside of WordPress uh, beyond just, you know, editor to, to author, to, to whatever, like, like having much more complicated user flows, being able to approve things send notes back and forth. Like, um, yeah, I, I, I think having a much more complicated publication flow is, uh, is, is something that we see a fair amount of to, to the point where we've sort of developed little like libraries of like pre-published checklists and things like that to, to, yeah. But I think that's, that's a big one. Um, I think for me, um, especially with me being in a, I guess the smallest agency out of the three of us on the panel. Um, I have a lot of a lot more interface directly with the, the client. They know my name. They hit me up directly sometimes, which is can be you know it, I don't want to be the direct <laughs> source of um, their all their needs because we're a team. Um, but I find communication can be hard sometimes because I'm not. You know, I'm a I'm a dev. You know, I like to be behind my computer, and I don't like interfacing with uh, too much people because I'm not I'm not a people person. I don't know all the great questions to ask, and I don't know how to like get requirements out of clients in the way that I need them. I'm not skilled in that. Um, so being in a small agency, I, I do find myself that I do get sometimes hit a wall because I'm not since I'm not good at those things, I can end up running in circles a little bit, like not really understanding what the client needs and kind of not interpreting it correctly. Um, So those are the common challenges. But of course, I reach out to my bosses who help me interpret the customer's customer's responses and everything to help me out. Um, But those are some of the common challenges, just not interpreting the requirements that are given by the client uh, correctly asking the right questions <laughs> you feel like perhaps uh maybe part of that is since we're, we're building on on wordpress and maybe they're not used to how wordpress does it and you just kind of have to say well i heard that you want this wordpress does it this way and we're gonna we're not gonna go with the flow instead of against it yeah i do i do find that be the case as well because you know being a wordpress developer you're in it you know it so well that you can't sometimes can't translate uh, the WordPress way of doing things and you assume that the other person knows what you're talking about when they don't. <laughs> um, but yeah, I totally identify with that. I think it's common to also, the client doesn't know what they want. Like they know what they need, but they don't know how to get there. And so there's, you know, we'll get into a build and it'll be like, oh, you meant an API. <laughs> and so, like, oh, okay. So then we have to kind of pop the brakes the a bit and, kind of figure out that stuff. So I don't think, I don't think it's like, 
I think like a large agency like Tenup, we we still run into like um, oh that's what you meant moments, right? Or or and and stuff like that. But so yeah, I, I think like you know working with a client that isn't as uh, tech as tech savvy maybe is is right way of saying it is is definitely a challenge. So you have to do a lot more handholding, and sometimes they come with preconceived notions of what the way things should be done, and and there's though always those kind of semi awkward conversations about like we know where you want to get. Too. So, you know, we're going to go this way because it's like $5,000 cheaper than building something completely custom for you. But it may not be what you thought it was, but you'll get to the where you want to be at the end of the day anyways. Sorry, Lauren, I think I cut you off there. Oh, no, that's okay. Um, I had a, a few bullets that I wanted to share, and that was exactly one of them, just like getting clarity of the client's needs at the start of the project is always like such a challenge. But um, a couple others that I thought of, um, one is staying up to date on changing technology. Um, Before I arrived into my current role, I spent a year doing QA. And so I spent like a year not really building any sites. And so just like, I, (laughs) it's probably my own like insecurity, but I feel kind of like behind. (laughs) Um, So that's a challenge. And just like our team is amazing in that we get like a continue, continuing education time when we have downtime. Um, But of course, like the client work comes first. Um, And then also like, just in general, like organization, project management and I'm super lucky that we have amazing project managers on our team but like I don't know how they do it just organizing like the many projects and tasks that need to get done by a certain time um I certainly if that was me like that would be a big challenge <laughs> um and then of course like content collection <laughs> is a huge challenge um I don't really have much else to say about that. Just that's like always a huge bottleneck. Um, And then like my last point was like having like clear communication between team members, um, especially on like an entirely remote team um, is super important. Um, Especially when we're all working on like the same website and we got to like coordinate and just it's important. Um, I actually, I, I want to ask a bit of a follow-up question. Sorry, Megan. I'm just kind of diving right in, diving right in here, but um, and maybe this is more for the larger agencies, but, 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 but Ebony, please chime in if, if this applies to a five person agency, um, uh, you know, splitting up uh, work between multiple developers for a single website does it happen often um is that like the majority of how you work is multiple devs on a single project how do you split up those responsibilities um at up we we have uh we're broken up by discipline so there'll be a back-end engineer uh and a front-end engineer sometimes multiple depending on, on the size of the project so um definitely we will have a tech lead who sort of runs the show from a technical standpoint that is doing some, some development, but usually hands off to other uh, devs to, to, to do that. So there's very much, we have to be very careful about how much we're communicating. I mean, there's no such thing as too much and um, you know, writing really 
um, detailed technical re requirements um, to be so that engineer who might be in a completely different time zone um, can can hit the ground running and not not have have questions about well what did you mean when when you said this or whatever. Um, yeah, so so it's very common for us to have mul multiple devs uh, across uh, projects. Um, some of our project teams have like ten devs on it, to, just depending on the size of the the project being being worked on. So in that case, there's very there's there's, there's a, a like you know you'll have weekly check ins with with your with your dev team just to kind of make sure everyone's on the same page. You know you know uh, remove blockers, do all that sort of fun stuff. Yeah, we're the same way. Um, depending on the project, usually there's like a lead, a backend dev, a frontend dev, and then like depending on people's availability, maybe another frontend person will get pulled in. It also depends on like the timeline, excuse me, for it. Um, if it's like a super short timeline, we'll like pull other people in. Um, yeah, depends on the product. Yeah, um, even with my R super small agency, uh, I mean, we do end up having at least two or three people end up touching each project. And that's from the perspective where um, we have our front end, of front end devs who can only um, do so much when it comes to back end. Cause most of us, we can, most of us on the, on the team can do front end and back end. I do mostly back end, even though I can do front end. So it's one of those like pass offs. Pass offs. It's like, hey, I can't do this. So here you go. Let me know when it's done. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it's not like actively we're all working and pushing together, which is, you know, honestly, it's kind of nice. I don't like doing merge conflicts resolutions. <laughs> I'll, I'll avoid it as much as I can for now. Um, but yeah, that's that's uh, what we do over here. I'm interested in knowing the maybe the hardest lesson that you've learned working with WordPress or just generally working at an agency. Um, you don't have to get like too too personal if there's like a story that's too embarrassing or something. But uh, what's kind of like the hardest lesson that you've had to learn in your role? Oh man, okay. Hardest lesson. Um, yeah, at, estimates are always more than you think they are. Always, uh, clients going to be clienting all the time. Um, you will tell them don't click that, and they'll click that. Um, a lot of clients are great. Don't get me wrong. Like you know, I shouldn't be blaming clients for all all the world's problems. But uh, but you um, having a an educated client is going to go a lot really really long way like you know a lot of clients come with no wordpress experience for for example and so there's a lot of like hand holding in that sense and you know giving them super user admin on the network is always a little scary but um yeah um don't push don't deploy on a friday that's 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 a big one uh, i learned that early in my career um and um yeah i think making sure your estimates are accurate and uh, don't deploy on Fridays. That would be my, my two hardest lessons. <laughs> I think you covered the major ones. Um, <laughs> but um, I guess just to add on, um, for me personally, with the way that I, I guess, 
I thrive when I'm like working on kind of like tunneling on a one project. But when I started at this agency or just, I think in general agencies, it kind of jumped around a lot. Um, so it took me a while to get used to that and get used to learning how to fo- refocus my mind with the same um, energy and drive across five different projects throughout the day. Um, that was very hard for me to learn at first because I would get so focused. I'm like, I didn't finish this yet. Like, why do I need to do this? <laughs> um, but I learned that it's you know, just the way things are agency life and kind of got to jump around. And if a high powered client emails and you're on that, if you need to help someone else, you're on that. And yeah, and I've gotten used to it. And it's uh, kind of fun ultimately because you it's just, it's very challenging to, and it leads to a very unpredictable and fun day. <laughs> I can definitely second that. Um, been knowing when to when to let go for on a project. Like for example, there were times where I was tech leading five or six projects, which means a lot. It's more you know the busy work, the paperwork, and figuring out who's doing what, and just being able to say, okay, this needs to be done, but I can't do it because I got four other projects I have to deal with today. So you just say, okay. Project team, you got it. I'm going to go do something else. And then just, you know, uh, trusting them. But for me, that was difficult because I'm, I don't know, I don't want to call it a control freak. I don't think that's what I am, but uh, uh, I like to know what's happening. So um, that was a big one, I think, as well. Thank you for bringing that up. I completely agree with what both of you have said. Estimating is the worst. And I'm just very glad I don't have to do as much as I used to of it anymore. Um, And then, yeah, jumping around can certainly be challenging. What I was going to say is that I've personally struggled to like, I've had to overcome my like fear of not knowing how to do something and like being presented with a project like I remember being so freaked out about WooCommerce and like just I just had to had to do it (laughs) which was kind of a blessing at the time and I didn't I mean I was very upset about it but having to just like get in there and learn it by doing it um that's been probably one of the hardest things just like trusting myself to be able to figure things out and things that I've not done before so speaking of I guess relatively new things jumping in things changing um the block editor the Gutenberg editor uh do you uh, do you think that you have fully transitioned to like utilizing it to like its fullest at your agency um do you have any war stories you know any any interesting tidbits maybe advice that you can pass along yeah um again i'm definitely agree with everything you say i I can relate to that it's still we fully we did fully transition um but it's kind of a thing where it's just like each release all right uh what's gonna break (laughs) um there's been multiple times where we'd have a you know five point whatever release and then I spend the entire day fixing some internal plugin or internal themes because a jQuery uh, function is deprecated and it's breaking everything. Um, 
And uh, yeah, so it's a, it's still a big learning process, even though our agency has definitely fully transitioned to using Gutenberg. Um, it's still a learning curve for me. I, even though I am pretty good at React these days, but it's still like Gutenberg editor changes so much where I'm never gonna be confident <laughs> that I know what's up with Gutenberg. Um, and especially with 5.8 coming, um, yeah. That's going to be a big one and another huge one that I have to learn. <laughs> that we all have to learn. Um, so yeah, it's a long process. <laughs> We're on this journey with all of you. Um, I think at Ten Up, we've we've transitioned fully. Um, I think that's our our go to at this point. Uh, it, I've I've been working with WordPress since two thousand and four, and this this since 5.0 came out and, and and Gutenberg dropped this has been the biggest shift and the hardest change for developers to in my experience anyways to kind of like get with um it's it it required uh you know up, up until then if you were if you were a back-end developer a php developer you you know you were doing your your thing and you didn't need to know any javascript at all if you didn't want to um, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, no, no, now you need to know Webpack, React, JavaScript, Node modules, NPM, blah, 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 all, all these things. And I know a lot of developers, myself included, that kind of really struggled with that at first. Um, I think we're there now at 10up, at, at, at but I think it's also um, the, the, the barrier to entry has raised significantly to become a WordPress developer. When I started, it was like, you, you know, copy and paste the loop and you're done. And now it's not that <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, and it's, uh, yeah, so I think we're there, but I think there's a lot of growing still to do. Um, I mean, like I've, I've contributed to the Gutenberg project. I, I was I was an author for a couple of the slot fills that, that people use. And it's, I still, I still can't keep up and I still don't know what I'm doing half the time. Um, so it's, it's an interesting time for, for sure. Anyways, to answer the question, yes, we're there, but it was definitely uh a longer road and we had to really kind of like help each other out a lot to get to get to the point where we have um sort of a best practice and stuff in place yeah um we are there as well we have had conversations about like um like letting the dev or the lead dev on a project when it's a, a new build, like decide whether we're going to go like native Gutenberg blocks versus like ACF blocks. Does it make sense to spend like all this time building out a custom Gutenberg block when we could do it so much easier <laughs> and faster with ACF? Um, and then we've gotten into like, projects where there were both when does it make sense to like for the our clients to like from their managing perspective to have to learn like both interfaces but personally I am not there <laughs> um I am lucky that I'm on a few projects right now where I've I'm like dipping my toe into editing existing blocks so not having to like completely build my own um which is helpful because I can like kind of peek around and get acquainted. Um, but yeah, that's something that I feel I will continue, be continuing to learn. 
we 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 kind of settled on using dynamic blocks if that if that helps anyone it does make the 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 development process a lot simpler when you don't have to um worry about the markup being stored in the database which is the way um static blocks work um so if you so if you have a static block and you have the save function run and you add a class to it and anything that doesn't have that class is going to break so that's why we we do it as a dynamic block. And then uh, it does mean that it renders on, on the front end, but it, it does make the development a lot faster. That's... So, um, but you aren't explicitly using advanced custom fields to do that. Uh... No, we are not. We, we use, um, we create uh, custom blocks. We, we have a, we kind of have a scaffold that, that we use now that's on, I'm, it's on our GitHub. Yeah. Uh, I'm very, I'm very aware of your scaffolding. I've been poking around. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, so the way that we do that, we we because there, there was never really any any best practice around using the toolkit, uh, like the build process. We were using WP scripts, which is the package that Gutenberg uses, uh, which is great for Gutenberg, but it wasn't really great for what we were doing because we had multiple en- entry points and all kinds of things that that we were doing that was a bit um, like. Not to say more complicated, just different. We have like different linting rules. We have different all that stuff. So we we have a, a package called Ten Up Toolkit, which is also on our GitHub somewhere. Um, that kind of gives you the ESLint and the the Babel and and the presets and everything that you need, and also allows you to set multiple entry points. It made it so you didn't have to worry about Webpack, didn't have to worry about any of that stuff. You just add a new entry point, and then with the way the blocks are registered nowadays, with that block.json. Uh, generates all the things for you and it just works super, super easy. So it may, it, you know, you don't have to have all, all kinds of extra files inside your project. Anyways, maybe that's a topic for another, another podcast. You know, I, um, I, I explicitly kept questions about workflow stuff like that out of this. Cause I know it would uh, make it hours long. So I hope, um, I hope you'll come back uh, and talk about that workflow stuff uh, with us at some point. Cause we're trying to sort that out too. If anybody else has some advice about what um, you're doing for your workflow, maybe we'll have a whole, a, sec- a second agency panel, just about, <laughs> just about that. <laughs> I'm, I want to switch a little bit to like career journeys. Did all of you know just from, from the start of your career that you wanted to be at a web agency or what did you kind of fall into it? Did it just like happen to you? What was that process like? And and did you always see yourself at like, I guess the size agency you're in and the, the particular role that you're in? Well, I am still in my first ever full-time dev role. Um, I'm a bit of a late career transitioner. I didn't start coding full-time till I was 30, which is four years ago. Um and it was kind of a thing where I was learning to code, I wanted to transition, and then I met a really awesome uh, person named Tracy, Tracy Lebeck, and who's my boss now, and offered me an apprenticeship, and now I work there full-time. Um, and I didn't really have a, an idea that I wanted to work for the agency. It was kind of, it's obviously something that I, an opportunity that I was given that I really, really appreciated, especially being a new a person without dev experience. Um, and I think it's great for full-time, a first dev job at, at an agency, you're going to get everything thrown at you. And I have gotten everything thrown at you <laughs> at myself. And um, I have experience for ages, like 
I literally, and it's funny because I feel like I'm at this point where I can start to just decide if I want to transition to like focusing on one product and working on one product or keep my, uh, keep going to agency work where you still, you still have a variety of things to work on every day. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm still enjoying my time at the agency. It wasn't something I, I chose, but it was a great, great starting point as a new, a new dev. And I can still continue to learn a lot and I can touch any technology I want if, if I decide to do that, <laughs> which is kind of cool. So, I mean, I went to school for English, so I did not like have a vision of being a developer or have like, I went, yeah, no. <laughs> but after that, I did have an idea that I wanted to work with nonprofits. I like the idea of like, I don't know, just working with nonprofits, but not like at a nonprofit. So the idea of like an agency made sense to me. And so um, not really like being that intentional about it. My first dev, like full-time dev job was at a a two-person consultancy where I was doing like 99% of our our dev work. Um, And like Ebony, like I got thrown into just anything which is which was amazing because I got to learn as like as I went um and that really prepared me to like to be where I'm at right now my career is kind of all over the place I I originally went went to school and worked as a recording and engineer for four years and then um when I was going to school for that I had a friend who was in the multimedia program that this is back in you know, 2000. And there was no, like, you didn't go for a dev course unless you were going to like computer science at university here in Canada. And uh, so when I got, when I decided to get out of the, the recording and engineering thing, I thought, Oh, I really like multimedia. I really like that kind of stuff. So I went back to school for multimedia where literally you learn everything from like Photoshop to 3d modeling to using what was like director. And I don't know if, 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 if I'm dating myself, but I like Adobe flash was, was my jam when I first started like action script too, just like miles of code vertically long. And that's just how you wrote, you know? And then I did that for a long time. I started a business with a friend of mine right, right out of school. Cause that's, that's a great idea. Just, just learn something and start a business around it. Um, and so I was sort of jumped from um, kind of side project to side project. And then, in 2009, I think I got introduced to WordPress and then learned about t- uh, 10 up. And that was kind of where I was aiming for at that point. Um, so I, I don't think I ever thought I wanted to work at an agency, but it just kind of seemed like if I wanted to do cool things, I should go work for the best company that was doing really cool things. So that's kind of how, how I got there. We all like a good, cool thing. I, I like cool things myself. Um how about your cool things you've made? Tell us about your favorite project. <laughs> that was a nice transition. I like that. Well, yeah, it was really smooth. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm unmuted, so I'll 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 go. But uh, I one of the coolest things that I've done recently is I worked on a project that was a, a Laravel backend, and we 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 did a standalone version of Gutenberg that that we used to build out. Um, a newsletter tool so that so they're e, they're e-newsletters e- and it was 
it it was cool. It didn't look anything like WordPress. It, we used all the packages and pulled it all in and styled it ourselves and made it you know work. But the client really really liked it, and it was a really fun experience diving into like the the depths of Gutenberg to figure out how to get stuff to do things outside of um, the context of WordPress. Um, like for example, you can't change the word block and to like we wanted to use modules. I think it was and. And you can't, there's just a bunch of hard-coded strings in there that you just cannot change. So I, so that was like going back to the client and saying, Hey, by the way, we like blocks better <laughs> instead of modules. Um, yeah, but that was a really fun experience and uh client really enjoyed it. And it got us to the point where we, we could build something really cool and robust without having to do all of that sort of low level uh, work of like managing, like sorting things and doing all of that. Gutenberg just gave it to us. And so we could focus on creating their sort of custom block implementation that we kind of faked. It was sort of like a dynamic block, but not in WordPress. We kind of stole a bunch of code and moved it around. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was uh, really, really cool. That was a fun one. Hmm, let's see. For me, it would have to be a lot of the pop culture projects that I got to work on. I got to build new pages for Variety. Um, and I was on the dev team that created a whole new theme for The Hollywood Reporter, which is live now. Um, and what I found most interesting about those two projects is that the client uses a very, very cool um, design pattern library car, ca called the PMC Larva. Um, it's basically a node app where you do all your front-end design in. They have their own framework, CSS framework. Um, you use their classes. And after you design it in this node app, you run a command to compile it into template parts for WordPress. And basically, the only work you're doing in WordPress is calling those template parts and replacing the, replacing the placeholder data that gets fed over and I thought that I just think that's the coolest thing um, to separate the design uh, from the from WordPress theming and it's I think it's brilliant I wish I, I, I think I'm gonna steal it myself but <laughs> but I just think it's really cool to have that clear separation so honestly like from that context as a front end uh, a front end dev you're working mostly in that node app and then you're doing minimal work in the WordPress theme folder, which I think is really cool. So I'm hoping to incorporate some of that stuff at our agency. And yeah, those are the coolest things I've worked on. <laughs> I think the one of the projects that I've enjoyed working on recently is a project that actually I did freelancing. So I hope that's okay. <laughs> it's not, it wasn't at, um, at WebDev, but um, it's it's fun for me because the website is really like user generated content um and the whole idea is like using positive psychology to share photos so like all of the the content is user generated and it's fun for me because it's exciting for me to see it like continue and people are using it. So <laughs> I continue to like work with this client to just like market her project and stuff. And so um, that's been enjoyable 
to see it continue to grow. Nice. Um, so I think we're, I think we're just about at the end of our uh, questions. I, I did want to ask kind of a really generic, um, but, but maybe this might be interesting to hear from, uh, again, different, different size agencies. Um, what sort of, uh, you know, advice you might give to somebody looking even to get a job at your, your particular size agency or, you know, um, what they should expect from that kind of, of work environment. Why don't we just, um, I don't know, what should, should we start from small to big? Let's do small to big. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I believe we are still looking for people, but um, what my bosses are looking for is honestly just the willingness and the passion to learn. I know it sounds generic, but it's super true. We just really want people who are motivated, um, who do know WordPress and are passionate about it and have a strong sense of autonomy um, and doesn't need a lot of hand-holding. Sure, that, that, that is expected in the beginning for sure. But of course, since we are a small agency, we do expect you to uh, know how to find resources and to go off, go off a little direction. Um, and from what I have heard, that is one of the, the one of the main reasons why uh, they really liked me and kept me around because uh, I believe they were going on vacation when I started. <laughs> And they're like, hey, here is a mock-up for a WordPress theme. I know you don't really know that much, but uh, we trust you. Here's some uh, treehouse courses you can take. Here's some Udemy courses you can take. Um, and of course, it, they didn't like completely lead me to the wild. But yeah, they really value a lot of autonomy and being able to learn on your own with little directions, all, little direction, although we will help you if you ask the question. Um, but yeah. That's it. <laughs> Definitely sounds familiar. All right, Lauren, you're up. Being will, so we are also, I think, looking for for people, but definitely like being willing to learn, and also like not being afraid to even just apply without knowing everything in the list job listing. Um, like I joined Web Dev, not ever knowing what composer is or like these different workflows. And with that, in my interview, like I was told, like, don't be afraid to ask questions. And that's really stuck with me because I, you know, learning these things, I've had to ask questions as I get a hold of them. And then also like being able to take what you've learned and apply it to other projects so like code reviews can be super intimidating but being willing to like and open to learning um and then applying what you've learned like to other projects will take you far <laughs> yeah i i can say yeah i agree like at so ten up we have a very we everyone has very defined goals um when i joined ten up six years ago i i never worked with git and I still got a job at TenUp. 
So don't be scared. Like imposter syndrome is a real thing there. You know, if you get hired, you're not getting hired. You're not tricking anyone. They're hiring you because they know what they're doing. They have a hiring process, right? So don't be scared. Apply. Worst thing that they could say is thank you. Try again later. Like, you know what I mean? Um, And I know we're hiring. It's a running joke in the industry. It's 10 up hiring. Yes, we're always hiring. So they're, I know they're looking for JavaScript engineers, React engineers, backend engineers, everybody. Um, if, if you do get on, uh, you'll have all kinds of support. There's a buddy system where you you get teamed up with like a, a 10 upper that, that's been there for a while that will kind of make sure that you're you're feeling comfortable, you know, um, asking questions in the engineering Slack room, which everyone is always so, so like, I was super nervous to do it too. So I get it. But I mean, yeah, and, and it's a willingness to learn. It's a willingness to be able to work with other people and uh yeah i mean it's a great i it's a great place to work and um um that's all i can say is just apply and don't be scared nobody knows everything because if if you know you can't it's not it's impossible but what's that thing it's like what twenty thousand hours or ten thousand hours to be an expert on on something it works out to be like 10 years <laughs> so i mean just to be an expert on html javascript css and php you'd have to be 40 so <laughs> at least that's if you started when you were zero um, but yeah, anyways, so just apply chat on script list work. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much. I'm going to have you go around and, um, mention where either you can be found online or, uh, just another plug for your company, basically whatever, you, whatever you want to quickly plug here. Uh, well, my name's Ebony Butler again. I am mostly known as metal and coffee. You can find me on Twitter at metal and coffee underscore. Um, I also do live coding on Twitch, so it's the same username at OnCoffee underscore if you want to watch me code and work on various projects. Um, I'm Lauren Pittenger. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and my website is laurenpittenger.com. <laughs> um, just, you can Google me. I'm very findable. Ryan Welcher. You can find me at Ryan Welcher on Twitter, uh, ryanwelcher.com. Uh, if you uh, are interested, go to tenup.com slash careers to check out the openings that we always have. Um, and oh, and uh, if you're interested in, in WordPress core contributions, check out my Twitter bot at goodfirstbugs and it'll tweet you things that you're, you know, if, if you want to get started and contributing to core, it'll help you out with there. Awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all for listening to our first ever panel episode. We hope you enjoyed the format and all of the great insights from our guests. Again, big thank you to Ebony, Lauren, and Ryan for joining us. And you can find all of their links in the episode notes. If there's anyone you want to hear from in a future episode or a topic you'd like to talk about, please DM us on Twitter at intheloop underscore WP or send an email to podcast at blackbird.digital. And of course, you can find us at blackbird.digital. We'll be back with another episode in a few weeks.